1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to
2: 500-500. Tonight, war games and a massive weapons delivery. What President Biden is now threatening if Russia launches an invasion. Nearly 80 tons of U.S. weapons arrive in Kyiv as Russian troops launch new military exercises near the country's border. The stakes tonight as the world is on edge.
3: If you were to move in with all those forces, it would be the largest invasion since World War II. It would change the world.
2: Omicron-specific vaccines, the new shot being tested as COVID deaths skyrocket. And we're inside an overflowing hospital where dozens are waiting for an ICU bed it
4: feels like a war zone
2: second nypd officer dies the sad news tonight about wilbert mora killed after a harlem ambush capitol police officer speaks out for the first time since his heroic actions saved lives during the january 6th assault on the capitol
1: it could have been easily been a a bloodbath
2: the rising price of O.J. Americans feel the squeeze as orange juice prices surge. Major SAT changes, the new details all parents need to know about the college admissions exam. And Tom Brady's future, what the greatest of all time is saying about retirement.
1: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the
0: nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us. President Biden is ramping up the pressure on Vladimir Putin, warning the Russian president of, quote, enormous consequences if he invades Ukraine and taking the rhetoric a step further, issuing a personal threat to Putin. Ukrainian leaders are trying to calm citizens, saying there is no sign that a Russian invasion is imminent, but the war games on the country's border are telling a different story. Thousands of Russian troops conducted military drills using warplanes, naval ships and ballistic missiles. And while U.S troops wait on heightened alert here. About 300 anti-tank missiles and other American-made weapons like bunker busters arrived in Kyiv today. We were there to see it. Well, the administration says diplomacy isn't dead, but tensions are still mounting. The U.S. and allies have vowed to hit Russia with sanctions like never before if Moscow invades. We've got two reports tonight, one from inside Ukraine, but we'll start here in Washington with CBS's Ed O'Keefe at the White House. Good evening, Ed.
3: Good evening, Nora. The White House continues to believe Russia could invade Ukraine at any time, and today went further than ever before to make clear. Vladimir Putin will face personal economic sanctions if he invades, and U.S. troops could be headed to the region sooner rather than later. A Russian military show of force today on the country's western border with Ukraine, and no signs that Vladimir Putin plans to back down. That's why President Biden, shopping today at a small business in Washington, says he may soon deploy to Eastern Europe some of the almost 9,000 U.S. troops he's put on heightened alert. I may be moving some of those troops in the nearer term, just because it takes time. And, uh, and again, it's not, it's not provocative. Several thousand U.S. troops already in Europe also could be repositioned, but the growing Allied response force is still no match for Putin's roughly 100,000 troops on the ground. At this point, almost completely encircling Ukraine. The White House says an invasion is imminent. And Mr. Biden summoned his top national security advisors for a meeting on the crisis, saying he would specifically target Putin with economic sanctions if the Russian leader invades. If he were to move in with all those forces, it would be the largest invasion since World War II. It would change the world. The Russians reiterated today they have no plans to attack. But the administration, fearing Putin could cut off fuel shipments to run through Ukraine in the coming weeks, is now working with oil and gas suppliers around the globe to ensure there is adequate supply. Some Republicans say they fear Mr. Biden is still moving too slowly against Putin.
5: Even when they're taking the right steps now, those right steps tend to be half measures, and they're certainly much too late.
3: But Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, a frequent critic of the president, has a different view. It appears to me the administration
2: is moving in the right direction. Ed joins us now from the White House. So what are you hearing about U.S. troop deployments?
3: Well, CBS News has learned tonight the Pentagon is preparing to announce that elements of the Army's 82nd Airborne Division out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina, could be among the elements deployed to the region. Nora.
2: Ed at the White House. Thank you. Well, now to Ukraine, where the crisis deepens as the latest round of military equipment arrived today in support of Kiev's defense capabilities. And CBS's Holly Williams was there.
6: In Ukraine tonight, a delivery of nearly 300 Javelin anti-tank missiles and other munitions. This is just the latest shipment in $200 million worth of emergency military assistance from the U.S. Russia still denies it has plans to invade, despite the roughly 100,000 troops it's massed on Ukraine's border. But the U.S. has warned Russia may use unconventional tactics.
3: Paramilitary tactics, so-called grey zone attacks, and actions by Russian soldiers not wearing Russian uniforms.
6: Ukraine's even suggested Russia could stage an accident in a chemical factory as a pretext for moving in. Today, Ukraine arrested what it called a gang-planning attacks on infrastructure and claims they were coordinated by Russia. In eastern Ukraine in 2014, we witnessed Russian-backed fighters take control of towns and cities. That conflict's now killed more than 14,000. The US says Russia controls the armed rebels. Can you tell me, are you Ukrainian or are you Russian?
2: I'm just a person.
6: You're just a person. You won't tell me. So basically... And suspected Russian hackers have succeeded in crashing the the power grid here. When this power station came under attack in 2015, nearly a quarter million people lost electricity. There are still hopes for a diplomatic solution. Tomorrow, Ukrainian and Russian officials will meet in Paris, along with their French and German counterparts. Nora.
2: Holly Williams in Ukraine for us. Thank you. Well, turning now to COVID, Pfizer has announced the start of a clinical trials for a new, new vaccine that will specifically target the Omicron variant. And it couldn't come soon enough as the seven-day average for COVID deaths near 2,200 a day. That's the highest it's been in nearly a year. CBS's Chris Van Cleve is in hard-hit Oklahoma City.
7: Tonight, a new look inside an Oklahoma City ER overflowing with COVID patients dozens are waiting for icu beds but every single one at four of the state's largest hospitals is full police officer brandon owens has been in the icu and on a ventilator for more than two weeks
8: he spent 14 years in the military he did three deployments overseas we never expected this to be something that would get him down
7: the situation is so dire it prompted this warning the Oklahoma City healthcare system is at a breaking point.
4: It feels like a war zone when there are fires everywhere and it's a it's a battle trying to take care of the wounded, trying not to get wounded yourself.
7: Dr. Julie Watson is the chief medical officer at Integris Health. Monday, its hospitals set a new record for COVID patients as the state's vaccination rate lingers at less than 55%. Do you feel like you'd be in a better situation if the vaccination rate in Oklahoma was higher?
4: There is no question in my mind. Our ICU physician and I were talking yesterday. He's seeing still mortality rates of up to 50% in ICU patients who are unvaccinated, up to 50%.
7: The CDC says new data confirms Omicron causes less severe disease than previous strains of the coronavirus. But it is so infectious, it's causing hospitalizations and deaths to rise, something Oklahoma is seeing right now. Is this as bad as it's ever been for your
3: hospitals?
4: I would say yes. This is our fourth wave. And it's demoralizing to not be able to do your job the way that you were trained to do when our job is to save people's lives.
7: Many of the people we've spoken with here in Oklahoma have refused to answer any questions about vaccination status. And tonight we're learning that scientists around the world are closely watching a subvariant of Omicron that's been found here in the U.S., but they don't know yet just how dangerous it may be. Nora?
2: So demoralizing for those healthcare workers. Thank you for telling their stories, Chris. We have some sad news to report tonight on a story we brought you yesterday. A second New York City police officer died from his injuries after an ambush in Harlem. 27-year-old Wilbert Mora died today, four days after he and his partner, rookie officer Jason Rivera, were shot during a domestic disturbance call. Officer Rivera died on Friday. The gunman was shot and killed by another officer. The NYPD commissioner called Officer Mora three times a hero for choosing to be a police officer, dying in the line of duty, and then giving the gift of life as an organ donor. Well, the leader of Oath Keepers and nine other members of that anti-government militia pleaded not guilty today to charges including seditious conspiracy for their alleged roles in the deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol. Tonight, one of the heroes of that dark day is speaking out for the first time. And CBS's Scott McFarlane has his story.
5: Capitol Police officer Eugene Goodman, the heroic cop who drew the mob away from the Senate chamber, allowing them to chase him up the stairs inside the Capitol, is credited with possibly saving Vice President Mike Pence and several senators as they were forced to evacuate. In the years since, it's been Goodman who's been eluding. A curtain call.
1: I didn't know they they had gotten... That far up into
5: the building. So. In a new podcast, he's opening up for the first time publicly.
1: You want to de escalate, but at the same time, you want to survive first. You know what I mean? In this
5: now famous video revealed during President Trump's second impeachment trial, Goodman runs by Utah Republican Senator Mitt Romney and tells him to turn around and run for safety.
1: It could have been a, easily been a, a bloodbath. So uh, kudos to everybody there that showed a measure of restraint with regards to. Uh, Deadly force, because it could have been bad, yeah. really, really bad.
5: Goodman would escort Vice President Kamala Harris at the inauguration and was later honored with the Congressional Gold Medal. Officer Goodman, thank you. Uh, an Iraq War veteran, Goodman says his military training served him well.
1: I was an infantry. It was like either my platoon, saw, he would say, figure it out or die.
5: One year later, Officer Goodman remains with the U.S. Capitol Police Department. His colleagues say, like so many here, he returned to work right after January 6th. His colleagues also say he's averse to the limelight and did that podcast because it involved one of his friends. Nora?
2: It's good to hear from Officer Goodman. Scott McFarland, thank you. Well, now to some breaking news off the coast of Florida. The Coast Guard tonight has launched a search for 39 people reported missing after a boat believed to be piloted by human smugglers capsized off the coast about 45 miles east of Port St. Lucie. According to a survivor, the boat left the Bahamas on Saturday but encountered rough weather and then capsized. None of them apparently had life vests. Well, few stories affect more Americans than the rising cost of groceries. Overall, the price of groceries are up 6.5 percent compared to a year ago. Well, now it's the price of orange juice that's putting the squeeze on your pocketbook. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is in Florida, where they are expected to have the worst orange harvest since World War II.
9: Stay small. It won't get any bigger than that. It's called citrus greening, a disease afflicting Florida orange groves spread by an invasive insect, leaving trees looking like this. So it kills it from the inside.
5: Yeah, all the roots are going to go first. So when you have no roots, you have no leaves, no fruit.
9: Brian Farina's family established this grove near Orlando 70 years ago. It's hard for him to imagine that the state is forecast to have its smallest orange crop since before the Farinas laid down roots here. This is what you devote your life to. Yep. Yeah. All of our land is citrus. So we hear numbers like that. It is. It's devastating. There is no known cure for citrus greening. In fact, in groves like this one, it's safe to assume most trees have some degree of it. One telltale sign, the amount of fruit that's fallen to the ground or is unusually small. At its peak, Florida produced 244 million boxes of oranges a year. It's set to produce only 44 and a half million this year, but demand for orange juice grew nearly 50% at the start of the pandemic. So prices for orange juice concentrate already up nearly 14% will likely climb higher.
0: Lately, actually, I have been drinking less
6: orange juice because prices are going up.
9: What do you foresee in your
2: future?
5: That's good. a million-dollar question.
9: <laughs>
5: <laughs> we're going to stay in it, and we have diversified, so we're making sure we spread ourselves out and try to find different ways to keep agriculture in our family. So they've added other
9: crops and even set up this store to supplement their income, but other farmers have sold their land to developers. And over the last 20 years, the number of acres harvested for oranges in Florida has dropped by more than half. Nora?
2: Manny Bajorquez, thank you. All right. If you have a child that's getting ready for college, you'll want to listen carefully to this next story. Some big changes are coming to the SAT exam. CBS's Meg Oliver reports it's headed into the digital age.
8: High school junior Natalia Cosio is one of the first students to take a test run at the new version of the SAT. Which version of the SAT did you prefer and Why? I preferred the digital version because it was a lot more concise. The updated test will be online only. It will be two hours instead of three, with shorter reading passages and calculators allowed for the entire math portion. Students are going to get their scores back faster, and we're going to be able to be a lot more flexible with schools in how and when they give the SAT to to students. The SAT has drawn fire from critics for decades. A 2021 study shows that admissions tests discriminate against minority and low-income students at selective colleges. Are the SATs still relevant with so many schools going test optional?
1: Not really. In fact,
8: some of the most prestigious schools in the country have dropped the SAT. Schools like Princeton, Stanford, and Notre Dame all make test scores optional on their applications.
7: It's an inaccurate predictor. It's highly coachable, and it's biased against many important populations. And most importantly, schools don't need it.
8: Nearly 80% of schools no longer require the test, despite high interest in the SAT from some students like Natalia Cosio. It's like a confidence booster if we get a really good score. Maybe a boost of confidence, but no longer a barrier for students striving for their dream school. Meg Oliver, CBS News.
2: And we have some breaking news from the Baseball Hall of Fame three-time World Series champ and former Boston Red Sox. David Big Poppy Ortiz is the lone inductee voted into the class of 2022. It's his first year of eligibility. Baseball writers for the 10th straight year rejected former slugger Barry Bonds and pitching ace Roger Clemens over their suspected use of performance-enhancing drugs.
1: At Amica Insurance...
2: Tom Brady is adding to the suspense about whether or not he played his last game in the NFL. The future Hall of Famer took to Instagram today to thank his teammates and fans. He says he'll make a decision with his family. But on his podcast, Brady addressed retirement talk saying football brings him joy, but that being there for his wife and kids are just as important.
1: My wife is my biggest supporter. You know, it pains her to see me get hit out there. And, uh, you know, she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. My kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. It's not always what I want. It's what we want as a family. And, uh, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time with them and, and then, uh, you know, figure out in the future what's, what's next.
2: Brady had previously said he'd play until he's 45, and that's how old he'll be next season. <laughs> Hate crimes against Asian-Americans have risen dramatically since the start of the pandemic. In New York City alone, anti-Asian attacks were up 343 percent last year, according to the NYPD. CBS's Elaine Cajano visited with a group of seniors.
8: Hit. good, yeah, nice. They've been taunted and had some close calls. But these Asian-American seniors never trained to defend themselves until now. Stop. Stop. Septuagrenerians like New York City native Mary Yuan.
4: What do you think is the most important thing that you've learned so far from the class? To be very aware of your surrounding. And I, I'm always very aware, but I do have friends who are older or younger. They don't pay attention. Sammy Yen
8: started teaching these self-defense classes at New York City's University Settlement Center after someone told his dad to go back to China. Armed with years of martial arts training, Yen's objective is clear.
9: The simple goal is just to empower the students to, to be able to go outside, to do their chores, go to work, and just get home safely. Be aware of threats before they happen and give yourself time
7: to get away.
8: Mary Uen now carries that knowledge with her and gratitude for her
4: young teacher. She keeps her eyes on me. Excellent. Very good. What do you think of Sammy? He's really wonderful. He's very dedicated. He doesn't mind if you punch him the wrong way. I don't know. It's like, oh my, Is that harder, harder. Sounds like you enjoy that a little bit. <laughs> too much. <laughs> Defying hate Stop.
8: with power and joy. Elaine Kihano, CBS News, New
2: York. Got to stamp out the origins of that hate too. We're excited to debut our new streaming show, Person to Person, featuring intimate conversations with authors, celebrities, and more. The first episode will premiere tonight at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time on the CBS News app. I sit down with best-selling author and researcher, Brene Brown. Download the CBS News app on your cell phone, tablet, or smart TV. And remember, for this show, if you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell here in our nation's capital. Good night.